Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Branson, Missouri, where we are doing a 10-episode deep dive on how to buy a short-term rental in Branson. So we've got a few supplemental materials for y'all in addition to the content on this podcast over on our website. So any questions you have about purchase prices and searching properties, you can do that on our website. We also have the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA, income data, uh, on properties in Branson. So you can find these things at theshorttermshop.com. So www.theshorttermshop.com, purchase prices and income data. If you want to buy a short-term rental property with a short-term shop agent in Branson, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com. Or if you just like us, you just want to hang out with us more, there's a few ways you can do that. And join our Facebook group. It's the same title as my book. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. We're over there talking about short-term rental investing all day, every day. Or if you prefer to talk to us in person or virtual person, you can join our Zoom call that we have every Thursday. You can sign up for that at strquestions.com. We'll catch you guys over there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Branson of the Short-Term Shop Special Episode Series. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about common expenses for the market. So things that you're going to have to pay for. Um, So this this is the purpose of this is to help you with your analysis. So we have another, the previous episode was on income and data numbers. Now we're going to talk about your expense line items. So got a uh, great pair here to help me talk about this. Uh, Bill, they're going to recognize you from previous episodes, but go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Bill Beck. Um, Just joined the short-term shop here a couple weeks ago. I've worked with vacation rental investors uh, since 2017 as a buying consultant and have been a real estate agent since uh, end of 2020. So, All right. And next, another familiar face, Tyann Marsink-Hammond. Tyann, you want to introduce yourself really quick, even though they know who you are. Absolutely. Thanks. I'm Tyann Marsink-Hammond. I am the queen of guest experience with Touchday Digital Guidebooks and also a longtime owner, host, property manager in the Branson area under Branson Family Retreats brand. Awesome. All right, guys. So a very experienced host here to talk about these expenses. So we'll start at the beginning with the normal stuff and work our way into the more nuanced things. So, and of course, very beginning, I always forget to turn off my email notification. Sorry, guys. All right. So let's talk about utilities. Um, Is there anything specific about utilities that we need to understand? Like, uh, I would imagine you're going to be electric, heat, and air, uh, pretty typical, but I'll let you guys go on that we'd have no gas here that was something that like just kind of shocked me it was like what's up with that so we don't have uh gas apparently because of what the lake is that right tyan the, the lake prevents there from being like someone told me that sometimes so i don't know if that's fact or not but that's something that we don't have um you know gas that is uh, running through any of our properties there's a little bit downtown branson but that was one of those things that was just it's interesting that there's just doesn't exist here. So yeah, I never, I never questioned that because we always wanted extra, uh, the electric just for a safety viewpoint as well as I don't have to worry about natural gas and the things that go along with the gas. Uh, so the only type of gas that we deal with is propane tank and we just do the small propane tanks for our gas barbecue grills and the gas fire pits. 
And I guess that's not a utilities. That's just an ongoing expense as guests grill. And that's one of the amenities that you definitely need to have here in Branson. So barbecue grill and then putting it in a safe spot. Um, but the, the different thing about the utilities in the Branson area I thought was super interesting is you need to check with your HOA because sometimes they include the utilities. So several of the, the neighborhoods that we are in, the HOA or COA um, actually includes our water and sewer and trash. So when you look at those high numbers, you've got to think about, okay, what all does it actually include? Uh, because it will include some utilities. I know there's one neighborhood that includes the internet service as well. Now, internet service in the area is such a fun, fun subject. And I'm going to drip with sarcasm at this point, if you guys cannot understand it at all, because we have an amazing lovingly relationship with sudden link slash optimum now. And that is all tongue in cheek. We can't stand them. It's horrible. When you go to hook them up, especially with a new property, just keep in mind, you're, you're probably going to have them out with two, you at least three times. That's, that's the minimum or about the magic number. We found uh, the last house. We literally had a team member pretty much hold the technician hostage at the house and would not let him go until everything was completely hooked up. And it took several, several hours. Yeah. I have an anecdote on that too, where I had <laughs> a client from California that was like, Hey man, can you help me out? He's going to be there from one till five. So of course he shows up at five 30. So I've been hanging out at his condo for four hours. And then it takes him another like hour and a half to be like, uh, I didn't bring everything. So I'll need to come back. Why do they always like all of a sudden not have what they need? I don't know. Like you're, you've been doing this all day, probably if you haven't showed up until five 30, what do you mean you don't have what you need? It's a condo. I've always recommended recently. There's an account transfer form so you can get the seller to basically fill out this form. And I pitched to the seller basically that prevents them from having to go take their equipment back because they have to go take it back the normally normal way. And then the buyer would then need to schedule that tech to come out and reinstall it, which is a complete waste of time. So they have an account transfer form for personal and business. You fill it out. It basically assigns that contract to the buyer and that makes it way easier. And I've, I've had, it's still, still a giant pain because it's like hard to get in touch with them. Their communication's poor, but it's, it's at least a little bit better than trying to figure out the logistics of returning the equipment and then have them come right back out and redeliver it. Yeah. Oh man. I hate the having to return the equipment that's happened to me a number of times when my buyer would buy the property, get theirs hooked up. And then all of a sudden here comes the listing agent two weeks after saying, Hey, can you, can you go get those cable boxes and return them? And I'm like, mm, not, not really. No. Like I think they threw it away. Uh, that's just such like a, I know that sounds so bitchy, but it's just not that easy to always to get out there. Um, so that transfer form is is genius because nobody wants to have to take somebody else's, you know, whether it's the buyer or whoever, take somebody else's cable boxes back. Um, so anyway, but sounds like that's a pain. And so in terms of coverage of internet, is there that same internet? What's the company called? It's sudden link. Well, okay. So I say sudden link, but it was recently bought by Optimum. Okay. And, and who knows? By the time someone listens to this, it could change again. I don't know. But be just Optimum is what it's currently called. And if someone says sudden link, that's the same company. Okay. So do they have that everywhere? Are there areas that it may not cover that you might have to find some 
some sort of like alternate solution? Yeah. Um, I have some folks that have had to look for like um, HughesNet or the other satellite times. If you go um, further out, you might even need to do Starlink. Uh, Bill, do you know any other companies in the area? CenturyLink. CenturyLink's another one. But yeah, Starlink, if you're in like the sticks. (laughs) But yeah. What is, so what is that internet cost typically run? It depends upon how many devices you have connected. And I say devices, meaning cable boxes. So in the Branson area, you pretty much have to have a TV in every single bedroom, plus your living room, plus your family room. So you've got bedrooms, time, plus the extra um, living spaces. Uh, when you're looking at my big houses, we're between 200 and 300 a month. Um, that's also, we always try to go for the fastest internet possible because you're going to have so many devices on there and they're all going to be streaming, connected doing those different things. And when you've got a smaller condo, it still starts to get up there. Um, I've got a personal condo down there and we've got a, I mean, one TV, that's it. And the box. And we're still paying, I think 75 to hundred dollars a month. It's ridiculous. I, I told people don't even mess around with cable. People don't really need it. I've never gotten a bad review for my vacation rental I've had for three years, not a single mention of it ever. So I've just been getting by with internet and I think mine's $67 and change. So Ooh. I do like the mid-tier speed, not the like premium speed. Haven't had too many complaints about it. So it's just that balance. Um, but yeah, and TV in every room, is. smart TV for sure. So Yeah, but know who your guest is, if they can handle that. Um, because we do do the three, four generation families. We got to make sure that the person who's paying for it understands and knows how to do everything. So we do cater to them, making sure that there is cable and easy to use TVs. Um, we also even plug into, okay, we this is the certain TV we want all our clients to have because of remote control issues and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We always use Roku um, smart TVs just so the, the remote is the same across all of them. But we also just cut the cord with cable and we haven't had any, I was really worried that we were going to have elderly guests who didn't really understand how to use the streaming services, but we haven't had any complaints yet either. So that's about Branson. People aren't coming here to chill. Usually they're coming here to go do something and then come back and like, you know, hang out. So they're, they're not really like escaping so much to the property. They're kind of using it as a launch pad to go see shows and all the other things that we have here. Awesome. So let's circle back to the HOA and utilities. So is there, are there any things that it's like really common for the HOA to cover? Like most HOAs around are going to cover X, Y, and Z. Are there any things that most of them cover? Building insurance, building maintenance, uh, snow removal, groundskeeping. Um, If there's any like facility amenities, like pools, those, those are always like the generally what's covered. Then it just becomes like which communities have what. So, And then with the bigger houses, those communities, some of them cover the uh, sprinkler monitoring systems. So they'll get the phone calls if one of your smoke alarms go off goes off. Um, and then other communities don't cover that. So you have to pay for that individually. There's also, um, let's see, what do we say? Sewer water. 
uh, you have to ask about assessments and see how old the community is. Um, are they doing assessments every other year for paving, for striping? Uh, is anything going on with the common elements, the pools? Are they going to have repairs? Do they need to build something? So think about um, assessments and then look at how many owners are in the area and how many times that's split and then how much money you may end up having to put back for assessments eventually. Yeah, I think a lot of people get really worried about HOA fees and assessments and they worry that they're not going to make any money. But when you look at it, it you have to always look at what the HOA covers. So I own one condo, not in Branson, but um, it's $500 a month for the HOA fee, but it covers a lot of things. Uh, it covers most everything but the interior insurance. Uh, it co- has three pools that I would have to maintain myself if I had one in the backyard. Uh, it covers internet, water, trash, exterior maintenance, and like all these things that I would have to be paying for anyway if it were a single family with no HOA. And then when it comes to assessments, you kind of have to look at it as capex sort of like if you had a single family you'd probably be putting you know x amount into replacing and capex and maybe paving your driveway and keeping your gravel good or or your pavers or whatever's there and you're doing that a little bit every now and then over time whereas with a condo assessment you're not doing it at all and then it all happens at one time so it's kind of the same thing it's just different timing but i think a lot of people when they see assessments and then when they see hoa fees they automatically think oh i have all these expenses i have to pay and an additional 500 for no reason when really that 500 covers a lot of the expenses that you would have to be paying yourself so i think it's just a control thing right because yeah, people yeah. are like i don't want to be forced to do anything so well, <laughs> hey your roof's like leaking <laughs> well of course i'm going to take care of that it's like well hey like we're going to have the HOA. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, it's kind of, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys seeing for the HOA fees that you guys are paying for your properties? So entry, in the houses, entry level, can I go with entry level? I'll let you do the, the high end ones. Yep. So okay. lowest of the low is like 129 a month and or 140 a month. And then you're kind of your average isn't this like 200 this is for like all the one, two, three, four bedroom condos, 200, 250, maybe 275 starts to creep up into the three hundreds for certain communities. The most expensive is Point Royale for the smaller condos. They have an annual, this is what's really unique is that they have a split HOA, excuse me, POA, which is property owners association fee, which is annual. And then they have a monthly condo association fee. So Point Royale has a whole area that depending on which condo building you're in. And then the square footage dictates what your COA is for that particular month. And then uh, you have to take care of the community. So the community property owners association takes care of the clubhouse, tennis courts, outdoor swimming pool, indoor swimming pool. So that ends up being like over $400 a month. So, but luckily that's, that's about as high as it gets. So we, we don't have any, you know, two, three bedroom condos here that are paying like, seven, $800 a month, like in some other markets. So. Yeah. And with the houses, um, Branson Canyon's an older one. So it's on that, you know, per month per building, no matter what size you are, but all the newer developments are going by square footage. So a dollar 15 per square foot is what the going rate has been. Uh, one of the communities just went up to a dollar 29 per square foot. And I just saw that bill. So that's, you know, that's my 10 bedroom house. So that came in 
6,300, 6,500. I don't remember uh, for the year. So, you know, even when you do it by month, that's still a little over 500 a month. That's really, really reasonable um, because that includes our water and our trash and all the common elements, maintenance, the, our road maintenance, you know, the landscaping, all of that. So it's, it's really actually a very good deal. Yeah. And I mean, my place that I owned, I mean, we had an insurance claim that we didn't even pay out of our deductible. It was literally like, okay, well, we'll get this disgusting seafoam green colored roofs over at Meadowbrook. Remember those, Tyann? Yep, I remember those. And uh, it was like, okay, I guess this is, and they were all like miscolored too because they had various like time periods, but we had a hailstorm. They brought in some person that went in and was like, yeah, I can do this whole thing and we'll get the insurance to pay for it. So hmm. brand new roof and I had no money out of pocket. So definitely makes the place look really nice. Got a nice dark like slat gray color and it looks looks way better, so Awesome. Um, anything else you want to hit on with HOA fees or assessments before we move on to something else? I think Check assessments for, or yeah, with assessments is just, I think buyers get worried when they see the condo resale certificate. So when you do your transaction, Missouri requires you to have basically a form from the HOA describing, here's what the fees are. Here's what the owner has paid up to date, or if they're delinquent on payments, what they owe. You know, here's what the insurance looks like. Here's what the budget looks like. So they provide all that to the buyers. So they have full disclosure of what they're buying into as like a third party. Um, so with that condo disclosure, I mean, that's that's like um, people get, I've had people get freaked out. They're like, what the heck? They owed like $2,000 here and $4,600. What? And then they get all scared. And it's like, no, 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 no. They will, they will not be passing that along to you. That is... They are due to pay that it's part of the Missouri contract and even like the title company will not let them. So I've actually got a closing tomorrow where they were delinquent on um, paying their dues because they didn't want to pay the assessment. So the title company literally has a line item where they're settling it with the HOA directly. So. Oh, so they just take it out of their proceeds. Yeah. I was going right. to ask that. So um, in other markets that I'm licensed in, I'm not licensed in Missouri, so I don't know those contracts. Uh, the assessment can be negotiated that the seller pays it if there's one coming up or the buyer pays it. So in Missouri, is it in that disclosure if there's an upcoming assessment? Because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to pay an assessment. There's one coming up. Let me just sell it because I don't want to pay the assessment. So um, how is there, that disclosed? Is it There's like a line that says, is there any planned like changes or planned? And it's interesting because it's like the timing with which these HOA boards meet it's like very narrow window with wind with which they know preemptively when they're going to do something. Cause usually it's like, Hey, we met and we just decided to increase the fee uh, next month. So it's like very small window. It's not like, yeah, in 2025, we're planning on doing this. Cause they usually don't, don't disclose that. Right. Right. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but there, keep in mind, there is a way to get a discount on your HOA fees too. Um, for instance, Fall Creek community, if you pay annually instead of monthly and you pay by the due date, you can get a 10% discount. So also look at your HOAs or COAs and find out, okay, are they in need of some money? Are they offering any incentives for you to pay early or pay in full? Um, there's another community we're in that they were a little bit short on the budget. So they said, hey, anybody who wants to pay um, in full two months early, uh, we'll give you a little bit of a discount, put your name in a hat. And so then they drew out 10 
people and they said, okay, you get the discount and you pay us in full now. And that was a way to get, you know, not having to do an assessment, but we're able to get their budget up a little bit further. So, you know, keep in mind that there are different ways to save money on your dues too. I did not know that. Throw one more thing in there with, with regards to like the master policy with these insurance policies, it basically allows, again, you as the owner of a condo to have walls in coverage which then becomes pretty steeply discounted because the majority of like the building replacement and exterior and all like general liability, it's like they've already got a policy. So then your insurance underwriter can go ahead and like just cover a portion of it versus again, having to do the whole building. So. And that's attached. That's not the detached, not the houses, the deep. Yeah. Be careful of that too. Detached condos, AKA houses, you have to cover everything with your insurance. Correct. Good to know. Good to know. So typically HOAs are going to cover your water and sewer. Uh, What about electric? If they don't cover electric, what do we typically see for electric bills at the different price? Sorry, at the different sizes. It goes along with seasonality, right? So like if it's January, no one's here, like for like a two bedroom condo, it's probably like 25, 30 bucks a month just to like I mean, maybe if it's cold here, depending on weather to keep that running, but um, maybe average through the course of the year. I mean, because you could get into July and it's like 300, 270 for a three bedroom condo. And that that becomes like, okay, well, what's the average? I think safely saying 100 to 125 a month for the smaller condos. And then what do you think, Diane, for larger property? Yeah, for the big ones, you're looking at two to two fifty on the lower end and then going up from there. I'd say average for a four or five bedroom, you're probably around 300 or so. It's, it's not that bad. Uh, just keep in mind that if you've got a hot tub, which if you're going to have a house, you're going to have a hot tub that still has to be kept running during the winter, unless you winterize it. And then you're absolutely not going to get any uh, winter bookings at all. So January, February, we look at it as we might cover cost at the no, we no, you don't cover costs. It, it's a black hole in January and February, basically. Uh, and then if you got a house with a pool, one of our houses has a private indoor pool. And I think the most, the highest bill we've had is around a thousand eleven hundred for the month. Uh, but like Bill said, it's it's very seasonal. Spring and fall are great because it's lower bills. Okay, cool. And you said hot tubs, so that. That brings me to another question. So typically what are the cleaning fees around here and do they do the hot tubs or do you have to hire a separate person to do the hot tubs? It, it varies. Uh, shoot. I think four bedrooms or so we're, we're paying around two to two fifty per turn. Um, a 10 bedroom can get up to five fifty to 600 per turn. And then as far as hot tub cleaning goes, it just depends upon your crew. So at first we started by hiring the local hot tub company where we bought the hot tubs to come out at every single turn. Now, remember, you have to have somebody come check it after every stay. That's not negotiable. Um, But the thing is, is they don't work weekends. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, we have turns on the weekends. What are we going to do here? So they actually will train someone for free. They are happy to train anyone on how to do it. So our cleaning team is trained. They know how to do it. And so they just do that within the regular turn um, and take care of that. Okay. Uh, Do they also take your trash? Do the cleaners take your trash or is that part of the HOA? 
Oh, yeah, that is a really good thing to know. Okay, so your HOA takes care of the cost, but all the trash goes into dumpsters. There's not a daily trash pickup or anything like that. So one of the checkout instructions is we ask the guests to take their trash to the dumpster. And I know sometimes that gets to a sticking point because people think, oh, well, I'm a guest. I don't have to take my trash out. Well, you know what you need? It's one of those area things, the locations of our area, it's not like we have daily trash pickup. It can only be twice a week, maybe three times a week during the season. And it is very important to get the trash taken to the dumpster, not left out anywhere because the animals will get into it. And then it's an even bigger mess. Yeah. Especially there's like a holiday that throws it off. It's, it's not a good look when you see a mountain of trash bags and you're like, someone needs to take care of that. Yeah. What kind of animals get into it? Is it bears or raccoons or what is it? Uh, I haven't seen any bears in there. Have you, Bill? I haven't seen any bears. (laughs) Uh, Raccoons, dogs, birds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Box will get into it. Mostly bugs. I mean, that was one of the big things when I moved here is just the amount of bugs we have. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so on that note, we should probably talk about pest control as an expense. Ooh. Oh, yes. I know. Right. So bed bugs are my favorite. Oh my gosh. No, no. Okay. La, 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 bed la, la, bugs la, la. No. are one of those things, you know, if you've ever been bitten by a bed bug, you'll never forget just because that itch is something, something different. So one time bachelor party, like 10 years ago, <laughs> Bill's a long like, story, then it springs. Yeah. House. Anyway, um, <laughs> So, but bed bugs are like, obviously like the most awful thing that could happen because people freak out. And it will happen. Eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So highly recommend very minimum, get those mattress covers, bed bugs. That was one of the first things I did when I got my place, cover every single mattress, get that thing locked up. And then we actually have bed bug inspections that we actually can do. So um, if you're wanting to make sure that you know, you're buying a property that's got all this stuff. Like you can have that, that done where pest inspection company will go out there, check the beds, give you the clearance. And, uh, luckily I haven't had any of my deals for they've caught anything, but it's always good to triple check. It's hard though, too, because how would you know that like maybe the next set of guests that may have brought them in, like from a timing standpoint. So how do you do that? Um, I think there is, I mean, Tyan, do you do preventive bed bug sprays or yeah, so we do a bed bug defense. So as you as you know, Avery said, it's not if, it's when. And the one time that we did have bed bugs, it actually was not even in the beds, it was in the couches. So it's, you know, they can do go anywhere. And um, what we do is a bed bug defense that our pest guy does, and it helps to get rid of them quicker. So with you know, we don't have to go down for weeks on end trying to treat everything. Instead, it's just a few days to be able to get rid of them. Um, So we do that plus our quarterly pest control sprays and we include um, spiders and scorpions too. So you definitely want to get that defense on the spiders before October hits when it starts getting cold and then the spiders try to come in. And because of the type of um, area we have with the rocks and everything, we actually have scorpions. So if you're in an area where they're doing built um, building the the construction will get those scorpions all mad and they'll get around now they're they're not big ones that you think from the desert but they're like itty bitty tiny ones the one i've seen them like you know an inch or less but they're still there i've gotten away with ant control too i had guests complain about ants and 
it's weird because like the unit I have is like the top unit of a three-story building. So it's like, how the heck are they getting up there? Um, mm-hmm. Luckily the, you know, you get a pest control spray out there for like a hundred bucks and I do it like once a year. That's, it's all good. So yeah. And the wasps, you got to be careful of the wasps. Um, they like to get into the hot tub trim um, because it's nice and warm in there. So it, be aware of the wasps as well. Yeah. And in the wintertime, they'll get in there and like, I guess wasps don't technically like hibernate, but kind of, you know, they go dormant and then the hot tub will warm them up and like get them going again. Actually at Christmas last year, we were at one of our rentals and the, it we just bought it. And so we hadn't used the fireplace yet. And we went to open the flue and a like a ton of wasps fell down. Like they'd been in there all summer and they were all dead. And we're like, okay, no big deal. We'll just light this thing up and burn them. (laughs) When they started to get warm, when the fire, when Luke lit the fire, they started all to come alive. And there were like 300 of them. And I like took the kids and ran out and let him deal with it. Uh, But he just like closed it up and let them burn to death. But it was, it was really like a horror movie there for a second. (laughs) We, I didn't think about the fact that the warmth would wake them up. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with Branson. You just reminded me with the wasps. So Kyan always gets to hear my near death stories for some reason when, when she's on it. Wait, you can't have near death just in Branson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I'll save my near death and Branson story. It's not really that interesting. It's just, we took a wrong turn in the motorhome and couldn't get turned around. So uh, on to the next thing. So we've talked about cleaning fees and what the cleaners cover. So do you have to hire a separate linen company or do the cleaners take your linens offsite and wash them and bring them back um, later? It just depends upon the process and what that person does. Um, we used to do a lot in unit laundry. Um, we're to the point of everything's taken off site now. So it really will depend upon it, you know, how many properties you have, how many different cleaners you have, if you hire someone as an employee or as a contractor and what all that year process is. One of the things we definitely do is that we always have three sets of linens and towels. This way there's a clean set in the property, on the beds, in place. There's a clean set in the closet, and then there's a set being washed. And that way, when the turn time comes, they can get it done a lot faster because uh, we do have big houses. We have a lot of same day turns. That means there's only six hours to turn a house. And our big house takes about 20 man hours. Uh, so <laughs> That doesn't add up, right? Six hours for 20 man hours. Uh, So it's definitely a process that you have to be very careful with and helping your cleaners out as much as possible with linen management and towel management is really key, especially the bigger the house you have. Yeah. And also a good point too, as far as you're going to need additional people for larger properties, right? Like you said, 20 man hours. So, you know, with one, two, three bedrooms, you definitely can get away with one person doing it on a same day term, but you start to get into larger properties. It's like, you might need two. And then obviously what would need three for that. Right. If my math's right, you can't, you can't just math that together. No, you can't. It's, I think they generally try to take a crew about five in there because they don't do just my house that day. They do more than one house. Yeah. Yeah. I hear investors a lot of times say like, I want it to be the same person every time, or I want them to wash it. I want them to wash my linens in my unit so that they don't get mixed up with anybody else's. And I get that, but it's just not efficient at all. No, it's not. I mean, some of the efficiencies that we do is all our pillowcases are king. 
So we don't, we do all king pillowcases, even if it's a standard size pillow, that way we know what all our pillowcases are and they don't have to go searching for different sizes. Same thing with our flat sheets. All our flat sheets are king. Doesn't matter if it's a queen size or a king size bed, the flat sheet is king. This way we're also able to buy wholesale in bulk and it helps our linen management very much. Oh, good to know. I did not know that trick. Uh, okay. So let's talk about um, the permitting cost and process. So I assume you have to get a short-term rental permit or license of some sort in this market, right? Uh, what's the process for that? And what is the cost associated with it, if any? Well, well since we already talked about the zoning, I mean, as long as you're like in that, you're in the good zone, it's a pretty, pretty simple process. Uh, just depends on where you're at too. So without making this super boring, I mean, um, the cost is minimal. What is it like, depending on where you're at, maybe $50, right, Tyann, for Yeah, it's not bad. Know. It's just, you got to make sure you do the different levels um, because city limits, you have a city license and registration. Then you have the tourism tax, the county, you have the county level uh, um, license business license. And then depending upon which County you're at, you might have a health inspection you got to pay for that. Your fire suppression inspection, pay for that. And all of that is annual. And there's lots of paperwork that goes with it too. Then you have to make sure you have um, your sales tax ID in place with the state of Missouri. Now that means even if you plan this simply strictly be on Airbnb or just do Airbnb and Verbo, and you're like, oh, well, they collect all the taxes for me. I don't have to do any of that. Yes, you do. You still have to file a zero tax due. You have to have your numbers in place. And then of course, we, as we talked about city of Branson, you can't do those through the platforms. Um, you have to add those in additional, and there's different ways. You know, there is a way to add that. So it's automatically added to every stay on the platforms, but you have to manually submit that to the city of Branson every month. Uh, so you're looking at your licenses, you're looking at your tourism tax, you're looking at your sales tax, um, and then you're looking at different inspections and all of that, you know, monthly, quarterly, annually, depending upon what it is. So what's the typical, if you're either city or county, let's look at occupancy taxes first, and then we'll do sales tax. So what's the local occupancy tax? It's like city seven points for the county, right? Isn't it seven point? Nope. So city of Branson tourism tax rate is 4%. If you are not in the city of Branson, you do not have tourism tax. So it's zero. Oh. Yeah. Wrong. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so Correct. if you are in Taney County, solely Taney County, um, county and state together is 6.35, which is really great, especially in those big houses. So then you move into city, you have to add city sales tax and the tourism tax. So 8.35 plus four, you're now looking at 12.35%. So for instance, I have a 10 bedroom and one neighborhood that's within city limits. And then I have my six bedroom that's priced as a 10 bedroom because of the pool that's outside city limits. Even if I price the rate the same, my pool house has a 6% advantage because of taxes. Okay. So add those all up again. Uh, it is 4% inside city limits of Branson. Just for what, tourism. Just for tourism. What's the sales tax? 8.35 total. So that includes um, state and county, 
which that's the other 6.35. I think state is 4.225. And then you add county, then you add city. So 8.35 for sales, 4% for tourism. Now, if you go over to Stone County or Indian Point, it's different yet. Okay. All right. Very helpful. Diane, I still use your uh, Facebook post on how to go deer. <laughs> I'm like, this is good. I'm going to copy this and give this yep. to clients. And just, just so you get credit, I want you to know that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So anybody looking at coming in, come to the Facebook group um, that was started by, I think, Martha Clark or something. And I got a post in there about how to go about doing the taxes and how to get your sales tax ID through the state and who you need to talk to. Um, and that's all laid out because a lot of people get really scared about that. And it's it's not that hard at all. It's very easy. And then paying your taxes is can be done online in Missouri, except for that tourism tax that goes to the city, but everything else can be done online. And it's a very, very simple five minute process. I'm so thankful the state makes it very easy to do. Awesome. And while we're on the subject of taxes, what is the typical property tax? Very low. Um, right. What is it like? one percent in some cases of assessed values so i mean we, we're talking hundreds of dollars for some of the smaller property like seven hundred dollars yeah. a year um some of the larger two three four bedroom condos maybe eleven hundred a year so right. yeah yeah it's crazy I mean, mine i'm paying four thousand and more um and i and YouTube, well, no, you, nobody could see my face except for Avery and Bill when, when Avery <laughs> asked that question. Um, property tax is is dependent upon if it's assessed residential or commercial as well. So there's two different tax rates that we have. And right now, um, there is a bit of a uh, debate slash argument slash I'm going to be submitting an appeal, I'm sure, because... Um, the county tax assessor in whatever county you are in Missouri is allowed to interpret Missouri property tax statutes according to what they feel is the best definition. Um, so I do not agree with our county assessor and um, neither does a lot of the folks. So we will be appealing again this time around. Uh, property taxes are assessed in the odd year. So it's something that you do every other year. It's not something you have to do every year. Um, another thing we are working towards, um, if you're looking at coming into Branson or even the state of Missouri, we're trying to get um, a group of Missouri folks together um, and get the state legislature to actually define nightly rentals and what's taxed and if they're residential or commercial and how it is, um, because every single county, like I said, can define it differently. Um, so just be aware of that as well. Yeah, there was a board of equalization meeting Um to have this topic, a lot of people were in uproar because the assessor just arbitrarily was like, we're going to change this to a commercial tax rate if you own this thing. And it's like, well, how do you determine people using it for commercial purposes if it's a residential, you know, neighborhood? Like, obviously, people aren't like, you know, doing a t-shirt shop out of their vacation rental. So you can't, you can't assume that 100% of the year that this is a commercial business. So yeah, hopefully that gets uh, overturned or um change because i guess you're they they basically settled and said hey if you are if this is your first one you can have a prorated 25% commercial tax rate and then 75% residential but if you have any additional ones then we're going to keep it as commercial so 
All right. Well, interesting. Hopefully, hopefully they listen to you and your appeal is granted. Um, is there anything else specific to Branson? So that's all my points and questions that I had. Any any other expenses that are specific to this market that we might need to talk about? Doesn't seem like there's any like ongoing natural disasters that occur there, like hurricanes or forest fires or anything like that. And we get the random tornado, but like I said, it's it's random. And the last one went down the strip, hop, skip, and jump, taking out of the older properties that needed to be gotten rid of anyway. Um, <laughs> so that was really great. Uh, do you have, <laughs> we, do you have oh, you know earthquake what? coverage I, on your insurance, Tyann? That's something that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Not we do. Random? I, it's not. We're near a fault. You didn't know that? We're There's in a big fault in Missouri has the New Madrid earthquake fault. Uh, so that is something, but it's not a big deal, you know. Um, but something you do need to be aware of is the hailstorms. So we do get quite a bit of hail. Uh, we just had one recently a few weeks ago, and in the summer it'll come through again, I'm sure. But hail can get up to, I think we saw a one and a half to two inch in size. Uh, so if you've got an older roof, you're just going to have to be aware of that. Um, the old, the newer properties, they do really great roofs on them. So, you know, not concerned about that. Um, all of our properties have been great. Uh, the ones that I had built back in 2007, um, we did get brand new roofs on both of those when we had a big hailstorm come through. Gosh, that was 2020. Yeah, around COVID. Uh, so yeah, hail happens, you know, that that's about the biggest natural disaster, the big thunderstorms that come through, uh, fire is just, you know, be not fire as in what happens in California or Gatlinburg forest fires, but more of fire safety with your grills. Uh, there are, I, unfortunately there's some condos that people put grills in the wrong spot and has caused massive fires and your neighbors have burned your place down. So be very aware of placement and fire safety, um, smoke alarms and, and all that. Yeah. We actually had a guest move our grill in another market to be too close to the fence and burn our fence down. And the only reason we found out about it is because one of Luke's running buddies is a fireman and was like, Hey, we were just at your house. Thought you might want to know. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things we do is we make sure there's a, a five pound fire extinguisher outside, um, not next to the grill because you never want to have to grab it when the grill is on fire. That's a little hot. So a little bit farther away and, and we've had neighboring houses use them because our guests will say, Hey, we just helped the neighbor put the fire out. We need another fire extinguisher. Like, okay, cool. We're bringing one right over. No problem. <laughs> Uh, so this guest had, it didn't actually catch on fire until they left. They checked out. Oh, so there was nobody there, but it was fine. It it ended up being that bad, but it definitely happened. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else Branson specific? Haven't had any earthquakes recently. Um, anything else? Nothing, nothing market specific, just like annual, like do your HVAC. And if, you know, you got to do some, you know, fixing of things that have been broken from, you know, just over general maintenance over time. I mean, there's nothing really like specific, thankfully here. That's like a crazy high dollar item. I mean, basically the HOA fees, big ticket item, but because it covers a lot, it's kind of the big takeaway. So when people are analyzing that. Don't be like, oh my gosh, sticker shock. Be like, okay, what is it covering? And then use that as far as like analyzing the property, as far as what are those line items that are being covered by that? Okay, cool. Well, it's pretty straightforward. 
Uh, it seems like a pretty low maintenance market in terms of since everything's condos, there's not really a lot of maintenance that you're having to do. So that's pretty cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. Y'all, if you want to buy a condo with Bill or maybe a house every now and then, uh, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com. Or if you just have further questions, you can join our Facebook group. It's called Short Term Rental, Long Term Wealth, just like my book behind me. And uh, we also have a weekly office hours live on Zoom every Thursday. And you can sign up with sign up for that at strquestions.com. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>